What up, what up, what up, what up, EDS Squad? It is your boy Eli. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of EDS Squad After Dark. Y'all, we gonna get into a couple of things. Today is gonna be a different since y'all got some tea and hot topics last week. This week, I was like, you know what? Let's talk about me. So... We're going to talk about me. Yes, y'all read the title. We're going to talk about relationships. Yes, we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about me and my lack of. (laughs) And where I'm at now with relationships. So where do I feel um, me being in a relationship fits into my life um, at this present time or in the future? We're also going to talk about some WWE things. So sit back, take a seat. We're going to get into some things today. Stay tuned, stay locked, because right after this break, we're going to get into some things. Stay tuned, y'all. And we're back, y'all. We're back. Um... Let's get into the mental health check-in. So, currently, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a little bummed. Um, I just found out uh, today that um, I have a decision to make. Um, a hard one. Um, one... <laughs> That I don't think a couple of days is going to help me decide. Um, so long story short, my I've been in therapy for um, two years now, and um, therapy has been immensely um, everything to me. Um, and my therapist has been everything. Um, and I found out today that after next week, he will no longer be practicing at um, the current practice. Um, and of course, it's not the news that I was uh looking forward to hearing um it kind of threw me um because it feels like it's sudden and you know he let me know that it was sudden on his part as well um and so he gave me three options a couple of options well three um, the first is to come with him to another practice that he is going to be employed at. Um, people are, y'all probably like, well, duh, just go with him. <laughs> Here's the catch. If I do go with him to his new practice, I am going to be paying out of pocket, whereas 
now I haven't been paid out of pocket. And for me, I do therapy every week. I used to, and at times we were doing every two weeks, which was cool. Um, but if y'all don't know, a lot of the times people don't go to therapy is because their insurance doesn't cover it. And if your insurance doesn't cover it nine times out of 10, you're paying hundreds of dollars um, for an hour session. Um, and in this climate, in this economy, that does, doesn't make sense for me to do. So then he says, um, well, you can also stay with the practice and he will help me transition to another therapist. Um, I have very, I have some reservations on that um, primarily because it's been us for two years. Like that, it, like at this point, like he's a another member of my family. Like I, I, I like he, I talk to him more than I talk to eighty five percent of my family. So. I don't even know, like, I don't even know how I could wrap my head around having a whole nother therapist that, like, that's a lot to think about and to contemplate, especially since that's been your person for two years. And then, um... The third option is to end my journey of therapy. Um, although I've made amazing strides and I have unlocked a lot of things, I'm also, I also know that I'm fully not where I wanna be and I there's still things that has happened in my childhood, that's happened in my adolescence that I still need to unpack. So me ending therapy is not wise at this moment in time. So literally for me, I only have two options. I either go with him and pay out of pocket or I stay where I'm at with the new therapist and, pay, and, and I wouldn't have to pay out of pocket. And I only have 48 hours to come up with a clear-cut answer. And I don't know, y'all. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't know what I want to do. Like, my mind, in situations like this, my mind and my body tells me to ignore it. It tells me to think about this later, to worry about this later. But this is something that I can't really worry about later, like... Next week will be our last session. Whether I go with him, it will be my last session at this current practice, whether I go with him or I stay. So 
I don't know. Yeah, I, anybody that believes in the power of prayer and just send me your love, your light, and your prayers because I really don't know what I want to do. I, I, I really, truly don't. Um, I just pray and hope within these next 48 hours that I don't get the anxiousness and I don't get the anxiety that I usually get when these types of big things pop up. I get very anxious and I and it, it gets bad. Um, so I'm I'm gonna try to reach out to my peoples and talk about it and get their opinions and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I have a big, big, big question and answer to give this man. And I don't know. I, I like. I kind of wish I could have saw me in that moment because I literally was like frozen. I just didn't know what to say. Um, but you guys will know next week. Uh, I will definitely tell you um, what's going on. I will keep you updated. Um, so let's move on. I, before I move on, though, I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you guys are feeling good. Um, and I give my light and my love to you guys. I give it all to you. Um, so let's get into relationships. Yeah. We'll start up with relationships. Ooh. So if y'all know me, the last time I even came to you guys in this type of way, shape, or form, it was an update of what was going on in me and my uh, ex's relationship and how we are, uh, how we handled it and how we are, you know, after the breakup. And me and him are still cool. We don't talk every day. We, tr I try to reach out at least once a week. Um, just to, you know, to see how he's doing, because at the end of the day, we made before we even got into that type of thing, we made sure that we liked each other as friends and platonically. Um, and so that's gonna be my friend for life, like, that's somebody that I know that I'm going to be cool with for a very long time. And I'm cool with that. Um, fast forward, I'm single. And I've been single for like a year at this point. And like I was telling my therapist, me and, and the funny thing about it is that me and my therapist have been talking about relationships and all of that for the last couple weeks. Um, I think this week was like our third week talking about it. And I'm cool with that. We like, I really do need to unpack my resistance to dating um, and figure out why I don't want to date. Um, and I still don't know. I still feel like it's it's mostly the current climate of dating. Um, and I want to be old school. Like, I want to meet somebody 
and we both stumble upon each other or I look at him or he looks at me and we walk up to each other and say, yo, like you're an attractive person. Like, are you single? Like I, I wanted I want that type of um well, I don't know what you call that uh pickup calls or mating. I don't know what you would call that stage, yeah. Um but and in this day and age that it, with technology being more and more advanced the likelihood of those types of interactions are slowly dissipating because everybody's going to apps everybody's going to dating apps and for me i i'm not i don't really pretty i i'm not a dating app fan and there's a whole list of reasons why I can go through that, but I feel like that's a whole other different topic that I may get on here and talk about at some point. We'll, you know what? Before the end of this year, we're going to do a dating app uh, episode where we just talk nothing about the apps. We talk about the apps. And I may bring somebody on that's also on the apps and we have a dialogue and conversation because I feel like that's something that you know, we can talk about. Um, but for me, I don't like dating apps. Um, I have used them and they don't, it's just nothing that I want that's on there. If I really like be honest and truthful within myself, like pretty much everything that's on them apps is things that I don't want. Or the things that I do want, nine out of ten, I'm not gonna find on that medium. And um, because I'm gay, uh, and a lot of these gay apps are not for like dating. It's like they're for fucking and um, being a hoe. And when I say that. I say it in the most nicest, upstanding way. You know, I don't hold shame. I don't slut shame, y'all. If you want to be a fucking whore, you can go out and whore to your heart's content. I had a whole stage where I did everything under the sun. Not really. Not really. Don't take that literally, y'all. So I can never judge. Um... But a spade is a spade and an ace is an ace. And a lot of times when you go on these apps, there's a lot of holes on them that just want to have sex. And that's fine. But for me, I don't want that. Um, I want a connection. I want to build something. Um, and like I told my therapist, I think a lot of it deals with my, I, I don't know how to compromise I'm I, I, on certain things. Like, Certain people, for instance, can compromise on good looks. Like, they can date somebody that's not conventionally attractive. For me, I I, I cannot date somebody who is not conventionally attractive because... I'm a looks person, no shade. And if that makes me vain, that makes me shallow. 
I'll be shallow hell. Yeah, I'll be shallow hell today. Um, but that's just me. And no shade. A lot of people think I'm desperate because I'm black, I'm dark skinned, I'm thick with the Q, thick. Shout out to Beyonce. And so people feel like you have no other choice but to take me because, bitch, you really don't have an option. And, bitch, I have options. <laughs> and if I don't have options, that's fine, too. But, um, and back in the day when I was in my early 20s, that's what I used to think. Like, I used to, I always used to think. So it was easy for those types of dudes to come to me and have those conversations. And I was like slime in their hands. But the new and improved me, the adult me, the more mature me, and the me that has been through these things, there's just certain, like, I, you, you can't come to me any other type of way. I'm not easily swayed by money and things and goods and and, and, and what you're wearing and name brands. I'm not swayed by that in the least. You can't come to me with, oh, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. And I, I believe you got to do this, that, and the third. Like, you can't, like, there are certain things you personally can't come to me with because I'm going to look at you and keep it moving. And I think half of it is that I can't compromise on a lot of things. And half of it is I feel like I'm in a time where the things I value are slowly but surely dissipating rapidly in my specific community. I can't even really talk about heterosexuals and you know what they go through like that's something that a heterosexual have to come a single heterosexual male or female will have to come and explain but in my lane it's not it's not looking good like being promiscuous and have and not settling down and that's being praised more than the relationships and people that are getting married and having children and creating family units. Um, and then the ones that you kind of look to or you see a lot of times what's glitter, what, everything that glitter ain't gold. So it's like, it's just a weird time dating for me. Um, like, I already told y'all what I like, what I don't like. Like, I told y'all all of this stuff. So this is mostly like a year update of where my life is romantically. And y'all, I'm driving this, the Sahara Desert, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that in a sense. 
you know, there's sometimes and there's some days where, you know, you see people on social media or you may watch a show and you may see a couple and you're like, oh, they're so cute. You know, sometimes, you know, I wish I had that or I wish I had somebody I can have moments and, you know, sharing with. You know, I see my brothers, I see my cousins that are getting married that are in committed relationships. And I do sometimes, you know, I don't, it's not jealousy or envy, but you know, you kind of feel like, damn, like they're happy. I want to be happy too. Um, But with me, I can't be happy with everybody. And, and that's, it's it's a whole lot of variables, y'all. It's a whole lot of variables while I'm single. Um, but for me, even stepping my foot into, like, I'm scared. That And I told y'all that, you know, in the update, that was a, a lot of the reasons why I, I didn't stay with Aunt. I mean, why I stayed with him for so long excuse me, I was because I was scared to venture out. I was scared to go back out there and meet somebody and this, that, and the third. But I told myself that when I, uh, when I broke up with uh, my ex, I told myself that I want to give myself six months to really grieve this relationship, to really feel how I feel, get through those feelings, figure out the different warning signs that I accepted, the different warning signs that I may have get given off. Because little do you know, not only do you see warning signs, we also give off warning signs as well. Um, and so I had to really like reflect and go back in. And thankfully I'm at a place now where I can talk about these things. And with my therapist, it's been good, you know, opening up these wounds and, and getting to that place where damn, like, I need help with this thing. Like I, I, I don't know what's going on with me. Like, I feel like I'm close, so closed off to the point where I'm just not letting nobody in. And then when I do, it's like, damn, I'm kind of, <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a break. We got to pay some bills. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I have a story to tell y'all. Well, not really a story. It's more of a dilemma um because again there are people that are trying to get to me but I don't know I, I really don't know I am and yes yeah I talked to my therapist about this person as well so and we have even, we ain't even touched the surface of unpacking it. Um, so yeah, stay tuned, stay locked. We'll be back right after this. 
back, y'all. Yeah, we're back. All right, so I just want to tell a short story. Like I said, this episode is really not going to be that long. Um, so um, there's this person that we met back when I was living upstate, and um, typically not really the type of person that I would date. He's not an ugly dude. Um or anything. It was just like certain things that, especially back then, I was not probably, <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna do it, but I don't know. He just probably had, a, he had a different aura or whatever. And we were dealing with each other. Um, Broke it off um, because of my ex. Broke it off because of my ex. Got with him. Sure did. Sure did. But um, we always kept in touch. Um, He got locked up a couple years ago. Um... I'm not going to discuss why or anything that's his business um, to tell, but he did get locked up and um, he got one of his family members to reach out to me. And ever since then, we would periodically have conversations. Um, He's getting out next year and Now he's doing the stereotypical jail talk. Well, when I get out, you know, we going to be together. Blah, blah. When niggas, especially jail ones, start doing that, I'm like, it it, it immediately turns to womp, 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 womp. Like, I've heard it time and time again. I've seen it time and time again. I have been around people that have seen it, done it, lived it time and time again. You can't, like I said, you cannot come to me in this current stage with no bullshit. Because I'm going to read it and I'm going to keep it moving. Again, personality-wise, we mesh because he's more, I'm more of the out loud uh fiery sagittarius you know and he's more docile he's more quiet and 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 i i i guess i'm just attracted to quiet ass niggas i guess you just gotta shut the fuck up and i'll probably talk to you no i'm just kidding um so our personalities mesh even though he's a little bit clingy and y'all already know I don't like clingy I don't I don't unless I'm being the one that's clingy and that's rare the only person I was clingy with was um Jay and I feel like mostly that clingy clinginess was due to me being young and stupid 
Um, but I'm not really a clingy person. Like, if I vibe with somebody, I vibe and I want to be around them. But it's not to the point where I want to be around them 24-7. Like, I want my space. But, um, yeah, so he's clingy. And I'm not really... I'm compromising. Today, that was the word for our ther- me and my therapist, compromise. So I'm compromised. I will compromise. The issue, though, is he's in jail, and even though he's a good guy and he just was in some bullshit that landed him in the spot, he and full accountability is on him. Um, I don't even know what that even looks like. He coming out. I'm already established. How do like do I help like in again? I'm being very cautious with what I do for people, especially in relationships, because I've noticed when I did the most, these niggas did the least, or they expect you to do the most, and. I just want a level playing field. And that kind of sounds fucked up, but I kind of... So I'm at a rock and a hard place. Like I said, I told him when we we can be friends. We're friends. We're cool. We're, we're homies right now. When you get out, we'll still be cool homies. And I, you need to get your life. And, and with all that entails, you need to get that before we can even... To sit down and discuss more. Um, and he's not really receptive. Like, he's telling me that he hears it, but he the actions, he doesn't hear it. It's like he wants everything at once. And that's not how the world works. That's not how, and that, and you can have everything, but can you handle it? And I'm a lot to handle, y'all. I'm I'm annoying. I, I'm very, I'm a lot. So if you're handling me, you're handling a lot. So my next question is like, yeah, should should I should I entertain this or should I just let him live his life? And if it happens, it'll happen. And I say that to everybody. Like I said that to him, and I've said that to this other dude that I've been talking to. That just can we just let things be where they be? Like, can we just take day at a time, one day at a time? And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's cool. We can be amazing friends. Everybody wants to jump into a relationship. Everybody wants to jump in head first. And that's not, back in the day, I would be right with you. I would be head first. I'd be like, who can get there first? But nowadays, I'm like, I don't, I don't, 
we can chill. We can chill. And if it gets to that, it's going to get to that regardless if we wait a month or three months. It, it It's going to happen. So let's just take a day at a time and see where we go, goes, where it goes. Um, so, yeah, he gets out next year. We'll see. Um, like I said, no, no expectations at all. Um, and then the other dude, he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants. He was in a committed relationship with this girl for a really long time. Yes, I was messing with him when he was with his girlfriend. And yes, I did not know that until after the fact. Um, but fast forward to 2022, I'm the new E where I don't deal with dudes that have girls. I don't deal with dudes that have other dudes. I deal with single people if I'm even going to deal with you. And for the last year, he's been trying, 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 trying. And are you with your girlfriend? Yeah, we're still together. Why are you hitting me up then? It, it's at, at one point, it was to the point where I was going to block you because you're getting fucking weird. You have somebody in your fucking bed. Why are you talking to me? Huh? Why are you talking to me? Well, she doesn't do this and she doesn't... That's none of my business. And why isn't she? See, what a lot of these, and because, and I blame the gays. I blame these thirsty, thirst bucket ass gays for this. Because y'all be, when these niggas be telling y'all that they got relationships, a lot of y'all don't be giving a fuck. And a lot of y'all be like, okay, well, well, he ain't dealing with her in that way, so and he deals with me in that way. So I guess I da, 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 da. You must be think I'm dumb. And and I'm not around heterosexual bi, bi niggas that date girls. You don't think I'm with people like that on a day-to-day basis? You think I'm just living in this gay ass bubble? Living my gay ass life? No, I interact with different different people every single day. And so you can't come to me and say, you want to be with me. And I ask you, are you with your girl? And you like, yeah. And I'm just, and I'm just going to continue. Like, no, I'm going to ask you, Okay, so why aren't you with your girl? Oh, well, she she don't want to fuck me. She don't want to... Why? There's a reason why. There's always a reason why. And at first, a lot of these dudes, they don't like to tell. Because then it reveals that they're out here doing shit that they ain't supposed to be doing. Which I already know because you did it with me. So I asked them, I'm like... So she just don't want to touch you. She don't want to deal with you. She don't want to mess with you. She don't want to do nothing. Like 
add just out of the blue. And when I ask that question, then that's when the layers start slowly peeling. And she caught you like they always do. And I tell y'all DL niggas this all of the time. Y'all can sit up there and think y'all about to be DL for the rest of y'all life. Y'all need to really, really do some homework and do some research. You're getting by as of right now, but you are not getting away. One day, your secret is going to be revealed. And wouldn't you want to be the one to reveal your own secret versus somebody out in you? Hmm. So, he told me that she found out he was dabbling in things he shouldn't have been dabbling in. Off the first off the strength, you're in a relationship. You're in a monogamous relationship. So you shouldn't even be looking to the, the left anyways. So you messed up on both ends. First, you didn't, you're, you're, you didn't let her know that you're bisexual. Because that's what I, I would think you are if you're dealing with men and women. So you, you didn't even tell her that you're bisexual. That's one strike. Two... You're cheating on her, actively cheating on her. And then you expect her to pretend and act like she's cool with it. When not only are you cheating on her, you're cheating on her with a man, somebody that she can't compete with. You don't, you don't understand how she feels. And I, I had to be that person. Like, you, do you understand how she feels in this moment? She she doesn't feel this way. She's not cold to you. She doesn't talk to you. And she, like, she's not doing this on purpose. Like, this is not something that she's just going out of her way to do. You hurt that girl. And granted, and granted, two things can be true at the same time. You're hurting too. Because you have to grasp at the fact that, damn, I cheated on my girlfriend. Not only did I cheat on my girlfriend, I cheated on her with a man. And that's another conversation that you have to have with yourself. Like, I'm attracted to men. Where did that attraction come from? Is it a real, like, is this something that, like, is in me or is this just a fate? Like, you have questions that not only ask to, to to answer to this woman, you have questions to ask yourself. So it's it's a crazy time. So I told him, okay, you're going through all of this. You don't even know what's going on within your own self. And you think you're, and you think I'm going to be on board with dealing, dealing with you in that way. And that's when he had to really realize like, oh yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. And so I told him, what you did was fucked up. And I'm going to tell you that before anybody else tells you. What you did was messed up. But you're not an evil person. And you can rectify the situation by, A, being honest with, with her. And if you still have those urges where you cannot control yourself, you need to break up. And just to let you know, like this situation 
Like it, it honestly, it'll take. It will have to take a miracle because there's just so many red flags. So many red flags that I can't. I don't even. I. Eh, I don't see it. But we can definitely be friends. Like you haven't done anything damaging to me personally. You haven't like been like. So we can still be cordial. But as a relationship, mm, slim to none. But you cool though. So those are the two people that I have currently. And then, like I said, I'm not looking. I'm not actively looking. I'm not. I'm not on the apps. Like I'm not. I'm just in a lull. I'm in a lull of what I want to do. Um, and clubs and bars, they don't excite me. Like, none of that, none of that stuff excites me. None of that stuff, like, I don't, I don't want to do none of that stuff. And if I got to meet somebody in a bar, I'm kind of cool with that. And that's no shade to the people that met people at the bar. Like, I'm not being uppity or none of that. It's just, there's just certain things that I want. And, mm. but if it happens, it happens. And if a genuine connection, if I was to go to a bar and a genuine connection happens there, it happens. But looking on the outside, eh. club, yeah. Dating app, yeah. So I guess I'm going to be alone, y'all. And that's fine. I'll just be alone with my seven cats. And we will live. (laughs) We will survive. (laughs) But yeah, all in all, to wrap this and bring this home, I'm single. I wouldn't say that I'm looking, but I wouldn't say that I'm not looking. Um, I've been actually me and Drew. Has it been two years? I'm I kept telling y'all one year. It's been two years. It's been two years, y'all. Yeah, it's been two years. It hasn't been a year, y'all. I, y'all know I'm very all over the place when it comes to time. Um, I can't remember what I did last week. That's how crazy it is. But um, yeah, it's been two years. And I have been celibate for a year and a half, almost two years. So and when I mean celibate, I mean like no I haven't had sex with anybody. And I'm glad. And and that's another thing that I'm happy about. Like I was I wanted to be celibate because I just wanted to not let another person cloud my judgment and cloud and cloud my judgment and really grieving that breakup and really um understanding that this relationship is no more. I needed to be clear-headed in all things. So that means I no talking to no guys, no entertaining them, and definitely not having sex with them. So I told myself, at first it was like six months. Then I upped it to a year just to see if I can do it. And now I'm about to hit two years, and I'm good. Like, 
of course I'm a human. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a human. So let's be real. You really do. Ha I do have urges, but I always think about and thank God. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for, and no, uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I ain't going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because that's fucked up. But thank God. And God knows what I'm thinking. And if you know what I'm thinking, then y'all are my type, y'all my people. But thank God that there were distractions within those two years that even if I did have the urges to the point where I was like, bitch, I'm about to scratch this itch. I, I, I got a daily reminder. Okay. But, um, yeah, I feel good. I feel, I feel good. And I'm not rushing to lose my to to lose my celibacy. Like to really be honest with y'all, I told myself like when I hit a year, I told myself the next person that I even entertain in that way, they like we have to be in a committed relationship. And. I'm hard-nosed on that. Like, I'm done giving. Like, I within that first year, I really understood and, and, really, and really sat with myself. And I realized that a lot of the times I was just giving myself away because I needed to feel a void. I needed to feel something because I felt empty. And when I when I started my celibacy, my celibacy journey and started going to therapy and just working my mental health, working the system, working my little mental health system, I noticed, like, bitch, none of y'all can have me for free. Like, bitch, like, like, that's a good, like, bitch, you don't, you never had me. You're not going to have me. Like, don't that, like, for me, that be feeling better than somebody that said that they had you. Like, I'll be like, bitch, you never had me. You never will. Oh, you want, oh, you won't. Uh, oh, you won't. Oh, you think no, you won't. Like I, I feel more happy and more <laughs> like I got one up on somebody because it's like, bitch, you can't have this, and you're not going to, and I'm not interested in it. But to bring that home, because you know I can go all day on certain things. To bring that home, I'm really um, thankful, grateful, and I've really learned a lot within me being single and being celibate. I learned a multitude of things from each individual uh, stage, each individual um 
situation, I've learned that I am enough, that I am a prize. I, I, I learned that I am worth it. I am more than my body. I am more than that. Um, I bring more to the table than sex, than being intimate with somebody. And um, once you learn, once you really like in your heart of hearts, really understand that and learn that and get that. Cause I've learned that a lot of people, and if you a hit dog, you better, you're gonna holler and that's on you. But I've noticed a lot of people trade one extreme for the next. Like they're, they will be so consumed in something that then they move to another thing. Or they go from one relationship to another another extreme. And I didn't want to do that. Like, I didn't want to break up because I've been the person where I broke up and it's, I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm about to be a, a whole dog out in these streets. I don't give a fuck about what nobody got to say. I'm a dog. Everybody out. Like, this nigga done dogged me. What? I'm about to dog everybody out. I don't give a fuck about nothing. I'm going to be on my single-ish. I'm going to be on my fuck nigga shit. I don't give a fuck about nothing. I'm going to fuck and screw any and everything. I don't care what none of y'all say. I've done that. I've been on that. And that is just as worse, if not worser, than when you was in a relationship that was stagnant or toxic. Because not only are you continuing to bring that toxicity that you had in your relationship, you're also adding in different energies. All the people that you're sleeping with, you're bringing in those different energies. And let's be real. A lot of the times, those energies are not positive. They're just as negative or worse. And so you think you're getting better, but you're actually getting worse because now you went from depending on one man to depending on multiple men to make you happy. And a lot of people would say, well, it's not about the man. It's about me. It's about me being free and being in my truth. That, 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 that's, that can be true. Two things can be true at the same time. But for you to go from one extreme to the next extreme, you have to really look within and figure out why are you going through this? Why? Are you going through this? Why? Why? Why do you? Why are you single now? You're free out of that toxic ass relationship, but you still feel empty. And I, and y'all already know anything that I say, I've been through. And I've been through that period where you got out of a toxic relationship, 
Yeah, I'm the I don't care about nobody. I'm gonna be a dog. And in that lane, I felt worse because not only was I taking on the negative energy that I did not leave in that relationship, I'm also bringing on all of these different people, all of these different entities. And like I said, all of them ain't positive. A lot of them are negative. And so you're you're constantly feeding yourself with negativity, but you reverb it, remask it, remix it into I'm just being free. I'm just being open. I'm just being quote unquote single. Being single is not just about going and fucking and and dating all around. Like, being single also, especially after coming out of a relationship, being single also means that you need a time to reflect, a time to heal, a time to disconnect from relationships and figure out why am I going through this? Why didn't this relationship work? Where did I go wrong in this situation? Where did the other party go wrong? So when I get into another relationship, when I get into another situation, I can be different. I can grow. I can see different things and act in different ways because I've seen it. And I know that one way that I was taking or the one way I was expressing it wasn't working. So now I have the to do different. Yeah, we'll be back after this. And we're back, y'all. So y'all heard the theme song. So y'all already know what we're getting into. We're about to get into this WWE stuff, y'all. It's been a minute, y'all. Because y'all know, after Sasha Banks and Naomi left earlier this year, I was very, like, annoyed, turned off, disgusted with the company and how they handled these two amazing, beautiful black queens. It was just deplorable. But a lot of things have happened. Um, Vince McMahon is out. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan is in. Triple H is the head of creative and everything that has to do with talent and creating these amazing shows. And Raw and SmackDown has been uh, like must-see TV in a really long time. Um, ratings are going up. Ticket sales are going through the roof. Um, it's just an amazing time. It's a refresh, a rebirth in a lot of words um, with what the WWE is going through right now. 
So I'm not going to talk about Raw or SmackDown this past week um, because that will take too much time. But I did want to uh, talk about Extreme Rules. So if you guys don't know, um, the WWE just had a premium live event. I have to start being uh, politically correct. It's not a pay-per-view anymore. It's a premium live event. Um extreme rules and the the first thing that the card was immaculate like i couldn't picture like a better card for the current roster couldn't picture a better one um but another thing that really stuck out to me and got me really um invested and interested in this pay-per-view was the fact that all of the matches had an extreme rule uh uh, rule into implemented. So there were different stipulations. There was a Donnie Brook match. There was a Extreme Rules match. There was a Strap match. There was a Ladder match. An I Quit match. Um, a Fight Pit. So there was like really dope stipulations that tied into each individual story that made each individual match pop and sting on its own and that's what i really liked it because extreme rules has been around since like 2008 2009 and this is the first time that every match has had a stipulation like there was times where extreme rules there will only be like one extreme rules match and the rest of them are regular tags and singles matches and it's like we could just watch like this don't have to be called extreme rules if you don't if you're not if you're not gonna implement it into the pay-per-view, why are we calling it? Okay. So anywho, so let's go th- through the results. So the first match was the Brawling Brutes, um, which is Seamus, uh, Rich Holland and Butch versus Imperium. Uh, Gunther, Ludwig, Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. Um, that match was really good. Uh, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, I really enjoy the feud of Sheamus and Gunther. Um, I, I enjoy it. They child the the punches. <laughs> the the chops the kicks everything just looks so brutal with those two so i i enjoy it because i know i come from the attitude era where everything was blood and and just brutality (laughs) so you know i'm all for it um it was an amazing match um it was like it was back and forth for a very long time and I didn't know who was going to pick up the win, who was going to win. And that's what I love about tag matches. Like, create these amazing spots. I like the unpredictability. Like, if you give me an unpredictability as much as I hated Becky Lynch returning at SummerSlam and defeating Bianca Belair in 14 seconds... The shock factor is what I loved about, if there was anything I could say that I loved, was the shock factor. The fact that I didn't think that, being first of all, Becky Lynch was going to come in, let alone win. 
the title on her first day back. You know what I mean? So I love those unpredictable moments. And in this match, there was a lot of unpredictable spots that I really enjoyed. Um, the Berlin Brutes ended up defeating Imperium, um, which I think makes them a bait. I, I, I heard um, that as of now, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch are um, faces um, and Imperium are going to be heels uh, moving forward. Um, and I'm interested. I don't know what they're going to do with these two teams, especially together. I don't know if they're going to continue to feud or not. Honestly, I would be interested in a more deeper feud because um, I just feel like they are touching the surface of what they can do um, together and you know, individually. So, um, all in all, that was a good match. Um, if I were five, I would give it a, um, a four. I'll go four. Um, moving on, uh, Ronda Rousey versus the SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. This match <sighs> should have been the first match. And the reason why it should have been the first match is because after that good-ass six-man tag Donnybrook match, like, we were looking for another top-tier uh, match. And this match didn't give any of that. It was very sloppy. It was very all over the place. I don't know. Ronda and Liv, they, something is not clicking when they when they feud to, when they're when they're in a match together. It just something does not click. I don't know if they don't want to hurt each other or I, I I don't know. It just nothing clicked. The the shot like I didn't realize until I seen the replay how fake and, and y'all know I don't use that word when it comes to professional wrestling just because a lot of the stuff that they do, although the the match is predetermined, a lot of the stuff that they do in the midst of that ring can get you really hurt. So, but the chair shot, like the weapon shots, very like, it, it, it just was not a good match. Um, Ronda Rousey ended up defeating Liv Morgan by a technical submission. Even the way she won the match was weird. Like, and then you have Liv Morgan passed out smiling. Like, you are literally losing your SmackDown Women's Championship. How are you happy? Why are you smiling? It, it was It was a very weird match. It was so weird. It was so all over the place. And I really hate that for Liv because if you were going to drop the title from her, it should have been a stellar match where we could have been like, okay, granted Liv lost her title. She still did her thing. Like, this was weird. Um, and it just goes to show you Liv Morgan's whole reign as a champion was kind of weird because she started her reign under Vince McMahon's um, regime, and she ended up, and her end of her reign was under Triple H's regime. So, you know, there was a lot of things going behind the scenes where it, it was just, it's just weird. And I, I hate that it looks 
to be that live with a traditional champion. And I hate that for her specifically because this was her first title. Everybody was so behind Liv prior to her winning the title. And we were going to be ecstatic and happy and just joyful that she finally paid off. She finally got her moment. And only for it to end up like this. I, I've, I'm, I, and I love Liv. Like, Liv is my girl. But I just, her reign was not strong it wasn't a strong reign they did not book her properly even though she was facing the likes of Shayna baszler and ronda rousey there were still ways that you could have made her look strong even though those are intimidating uh forces it is it, just I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, but it looks like Liv is starting to unfold a new uh, dimension for her character. So I'm just going to watch um, and see what happens. I don't know if Ronda Rousey and Liv, that feud is finished or if they're going to go at it one more time. For me personally, I would like to see them go at it one more time just to get our uh I, that would be like their third match right to get their three matches in the, the saga is complete <laughs> and then they can both move on to other opponents um so out of five i will give that match a 2.5 uh moving on uh carry on cross with scarlet uh, versus Drew McIntyre in a strap match. Um, I enjoyed Karrion Cross. I was really excited to see him back. Um, because first off, Karrion is fine as fuck, and Scarlett is just as fine. Like they're both two fine ass people. So why the hell would my gay ass not want to see them? You know what I mean? So that's first and foremost. Two, <laughs> Carrion is the character that I saw at the tail end of his NXT uh, career. And then he got brought up and he got lost in a shuffle. Like pretty much everybody that Vince... Okay, I'm not even going to go there. He just got lost in a shuffle. Then he ended up getting released and he got brought back. And ever since then, I don't know what the long-term plan is. And I love that, that I don't know what the long-term plan is with him and where it, where is he going with certain things. But I am enjoying this feud with Drew McIntyre. Um, this match was very interesting. Um, because I, I, the last strap match, I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all. The last strap match I seen was probably in the Attitude Era. And nine out of ten, it was probably two women and not two men. Because, you know, Vince was really obsessed with women spanking, and spanking each other and ripping off each other's clothes. He was very weird for that. So, well, not really weird because, you know, he's a heterosexual man and, you know the base at that time was heterosexual men. So, you know, sex sells, I guess. Whatever. Um, yeah, so Carry On ended up defeating Drew McIntyre by pinfall. Um, it, it was a solid match. It wasn't nothing like, oh my gosh, but it wasn't terrible. So I would give it mm, a 3.5. Uh, moving on. 
to uh, Bailey versus the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair in a ladder match. First things first, I heard that this was the first um, ladder match um, that two women in the singles competition. The single. Uh, this was the first singles ladder match for women ever. So first things first, shout out to y'all for breaking yet another ceiling. Um, two, the match was so good. Bianca Belair has chemistry with pretty much any and everybody, but I especially love her chemistry with Sasha and Bailey. Those two people in particular, she has a special, like, uh, a special umph when she faces them. And I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe they're so, like, I'm pretty sure they're very comfortable with each other and they must be really close, close. Like, Cause they're like it's just their chemistry is is crazy. It was a really good match. Amazing, amazing spots. I really loved it. The spot where Bianca Belair had Bailey in the KOD and Bailey had the a piece of the ladder on her and she basically got KOD through with the ladder. Amazing spot. It was just so many good spots. Um the time where uh, Bianca was trapped in her ladder and she had to push her way up at it. The um, it, the spots were amazing. They looked at amazing. The match was amazing. Uh, Bianca ended up defeating Bailey, and she remains the Royal Women's Champion. Um, it was a solid match. I'll give it a 4.5. I don't ever give fives, really. But I'll give this one a 4.5. Um, and shout out to Bianca Belair. She has now, uh, added another, (laughs) another, um, she has broken another record. Excuse me. Um, she is the longest running black women's champion in WWE history with over 200 days as champion. So shout out to you, Bianca. Uh, moving on, uh, Edge versus Finn Balor in the I Quit match. So I knew this match was going to involve the Judgment Day, and boy, did they. <laughs> Look at boy, did they. What shocked me was Beth Phoenix coming out and trying to help Edge, but she ended up, you know, getting a concerto. Um, but all in all, it was a decent match. It was great, amazing storytelling. Um, Edge, Finn, class A athlete. So you already knew the match was going to be very entertaining. And yes, it was. Um, I think it was like the longest match of the night, if I'm not mistaken. That match was really long. But, um... It was a good match, and it really didn't feel like it was a long match. Like, after a while, I was like, they still going on, but when you're in the midst of things, you don't really you don't really understand the time. Um, Finn Balor ended up defeating Edge um, in such a heel way that I enjoy. Um, and, I, I, and I'm... Like, I'm kind of over Edge versus the Judgment Day feud. 
only the only way I wouldn't be I'm not gonna be over with it, you guys, is if they add Beth Phoenix. If Beth Phoenix comes in and her and Rhea go at it. That's the only way for me now that I can stomach another Edge and Judgment Day feud. Because um, it kind of ran its course. I think Edge needs to focus on somebody else. The Judgment Day needs to focus on somebody else or maybe do something different. I don't know. Um, but it's starting to get a little, even though the match was good, in totality, it's starting to get ish. Um, but all in all, it was a good match. Out of five, I'll get it a four, a solid four. Um, next up is Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins in a fight pit match. Um, and Daniel Cormier uh, served as a special guest referee. Um, no shade to Daniel. But I would have definitely loved to see Ken Shamrock as the guest referee. It just would have been a full circle moment. But that's just me. Um, the match was, it, it was a good match. Um, Seth freaking Rollins, uh, Riddle, they're, again, amazing A-class athletes. You put them in a match where pretty much anybody, child, they're going to deliver. Um, and they did, um, it, good storytelling, um, kind of hoping this is, this is kind of like starting the end of the road between those two. And it looks like it may be, um, if you watched Raw this past week, it may be, um, and I'm happy about that (laughs) because for me, you don't really, you don't have to feud the whole year. Like, I feel like it gets repetitive. If if you can feud, see, I don't have a problem with you feuding for a whole year. It's the repet- repetitiveness of it. If you can figure out ways to um, feud with somebody, have a, a whole year-long feud where they're able to go off and feud, do many feuds or sub-feuds with other people, but that be the main feud, I'm all cool with it. But when it becomes repetitive, I'm like, all right, we're we're, we're done. <laughs> Not saying that none of these matches were, even though a couple of them I did say such. But y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, Matt Riddle ended up defeating uh, Seth freaking Rollins by submission. Um, out of five, I give that match a solid four. It was a really good match. Um, the pay-per-view out of five, I give it a four. It was a solid pay-per-view. It had great matches, um, great stipulations. It, it had great storytelling. It drove a lot of stories home. It drove a lot of stories onto the next chapter. And that's all I can uh that's all I can um hope for when it comes to a premium live event. Um, And that's going to wrap up my WWE news for this week. Next week, we'll be back to scoops and spoilers and uh, going back through Rolls and Smackdowns. Um, Y'all already know. I love all y'all. I live for all y'all. If you want to reach me, y'all know y'all can hit me up on all social media platforms at Elijah Smalls. And y'all already know what I'm going to say. Same place. 
same time. I'll see you guys next week. This has been an EDS Squad TV production. This episode was produced and edited by Eli. Shout out to Anchor, the simple way to make a podcast.